Hey, thanks for joining us for the Life Church podcast. We hope you are encouraged, challenged, and most of all, we hope it brings you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Be seated, and as you are seated, just say another hello to your neighbor. Welcome to Life Church. Will y'all give this worship team a hand this morning for leading us, doing such a great job? I uh, I'm glad to be with y'all this morning. If it's your first time, welcome. My name is Matt, a pastor here, and. Uh, We're glad to have you. If it's not your first time, welcome back to the house of the Lord. Everybody feeling good this morning? Are y'all still in your worship mode? Are you still like, some of y'all sleeping still? We got ushers watching you, so. Right in the back of the head. Wake up! No, it's good to be in God's house and just to worship freely without persecution. You know, without fear of someone coming in and telling us we have to disperse or go to jail. Um... What a, what a great country we do live in, despite its imperfections and its chaos. Sometimes we do live in a great country, and, and, and I'm thankful that God is here and God's with us uh, this morning. Uh, if it's your uh, first time here, again, welcome. We do have a gift for you in the back. If you're watching online, thanks for watching online, wherever you are, whatever camera you're looking at me at. Hello, hello, and hello. All right. Um, if you have your Bibles, take them out. We're going to be in the Sermon on the Mount again today. We're, we're Working our way through the Sermon on the Mount of what Jesus preached on, the greatest sermon ever. And uh, this is like part two of his uh, thoughts on prayer. Uh, Quint did a great job of breaking that down for us uh, a few weeks ago. And, and so Jesus is going to hit on it again uh, this morning. Um, I want to declare something over you, though, that I think is important. The book of James tells us that our prayers as saints, as disciples of Jesus, are powerful and they're effective. I want you to say, repeat after me, my prayers are powerful and effective. Let's say it one more time because I really want you to believe this this morning. My prayers are powerful and effective. The Word of God tells us that. And we believe that the Word of God is all truth. It's inspired by God. And like Timothy teaches us, it's useful to train us, to help us be righteous, to correct us when we're wrong, although... Very few of us are, right? Amen? Amen? A bunch of liars in the house this morning. Jesus, help them. Hey, uh, yeah, I don't know about you guys. Last week we talked, we talked about judging others, and um, I know that's kind of a hard deal to do. How many of you, with a show of hands, uh, judged someone this morning when you walked into the, the church house? Thank you for your honesty. Probably. Tell you what, judging people is a hard habit to break. Because what we learned last week that Jesus talked about, he said that how you judge people, it's the same measure that would be used against you. Some of y'all got a big stick you don't want to be measured next to. That's all I'm saying. So Jesus goes from that. All right, he's on the hillside. He's talking to his followers. He's talking to people who are probably trying to sabotage him. uh, People who are trying to figure out, do I want to serve Jesus? Do I want to serve the world? I'm going to ride the fence as long as I can until, you know, I, I get thrown one way or the other. Nothing we can relate to today, though, right, because we're all on one side or the other, right? Um, But there's people trying to figure out what Jesus is all about, who he is, what he's talking about. And so he's hitting all these hard topics, marriage, finances, prayer, judging people, being authentic, not being a hypocrite, how to live as a kingdom person with the Beatitudes, blessed are those who are poor, they will inherit the kingdom of God. Talking about poor in spirit, understanding our spiritual condition. He goes through all these hard things. He's flipping all the stuff that they knew 
about themselves, about religion, about politics, about life in general. He's flipping the script on all of them. Basically saying that if you're going to live in the kingdom of God, it's an upside-down kingdom because the way the world looks at it, none of it makes sense. And he's saying this is how we're to live. We're to live differently than the world because we're only here for a little while. The book of James is so packed with wisdom and also says that our life, we said last week, I think, that our life is like a vapor. It's here one minute and gone the next. We only have so much time. And really, it's not even our time to begin with. It's God's time. We're just borrowing that time. We're stewarding that time. You don't just steward money, you steward time as well. You steward the body you're in right now. That's, that's not yours. You didn't create it. God did. So everything that we have is God's, and we're called to steward that. And so he talks about, uh, in this next section, we're going we're to read in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 7. He's talking about communication. He's talking about relationship. God deeply desires to be in a relationship with you. It's not just a, a fluffy statement. It's how we should be living our life. God wants to be in a relationship with you. A lot of you are sitting by someone that you're in a relationship with, whether it be a marriage, a friendship, or just an acquaintance, whatever it is, but you're in a relationship of some kind with somebody. And you know that in order to have a good relationship, husbands, get your notepads out or your phones. In order to have a good relationship, you have to talk to the person you're in a relationship with. Otherwise, there's no relationship. It crumbles. It goes away like the mist. Your life is over. Not, not necessarily, but. But relationships matter. When you, when you talk about the importance of relationship, the value of relationship, you have to talk to the person you're in a relationship with. If you're not talking to them, what are you doing? You're pretending to be in a relationship. I'll talk to you when I need you. Anybody treat anybody else like that? Don't raise your hands, please. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. But there are people in our lives that, if we're honest, we can say at some point or another, we've only communicated with someone because we needed something from them. Otherwise, do not call me. Don't text me. I'm going to ghost you the whole time. Do not try to communicate. Don't even come to my house. I only want it when I need something from you. I'm only going to be interested in your life because I got this question I need to ask you. I need to borrow some money. Or can you help me out and watch my kids? I love you so much. You're so awesome. Will you watch my heathens for me? <laughs> what a great relationship that is. And they call like, hey, I need some help mowing my grass. My lawnmower broke. Sorry, I'm like feeling like corona today, so <laughs> I can't really help. Relationships only work when there's communication. Jesus is talking, again, about communication. I wanted to find, before we get into the scripture, I wanted to find prayer for you. Very simple definition. Prayer is simply talking to God. That's all it is. Prayer is just talking to God like you would talk to someone you're in a relationship with that's sitting right next to you. A cool habit you can do when no one's around because they're going to think you're crazy, but put an empty chair in a room somewhere when you're by yourself. Make sure the blinds are closed so your neighbors don't see you talking to the empty chair. But just imagine that Jesus is in a chair in front of you or beside you. And to develop this habit of prayer, sometimes the best way to do it is just to have an empty chair next to you and visualize that Jesus is sitting there. And just talk to him. Just simply talk to God. And here's the other cool thing before we get into scripture I want to tell you, because some of you guys I know struggle with this. God accepts you just the way you are. He may not want you to stay that way, but God accepts you just the way you are. And he accepts your prayers just the way they are. He's not asking you to change your language or 
you know, come up with some elaborate thing or try to hide who you really are or what you're really feeling. If you're mad, tell him you're mad. He's big enough to handle that. But God accepts you just the way you are. The person next to you may not, but God always does. He accepts you just the way you are, and he accepts your prayers just the way they are. So let's look at verse 7. Jesus says, ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you'll discover. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. Let's stop there. What powerful words that Jesus is using right now. And probably the people on the hillside are like, wait, what? Whose door are we knocking on? What are you talking about? He says, let's put that back up there for me, please. He says, ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you'll discover. Knock, and the door will be open for you. Leave it up there for a moment. This isn't passive language, church. This is ongoing, continuous language he's using. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Don't give up. Prayer is not a one-time deal. You know, a lot of times I think we treat God like he's a cosmic vending machine. A7, I need a new truck, Lord Jesus, help me. Where's my truck at? I thought God was good. Apparently he's not. I don't have a truck. We laugh, but that's how we treat God all the time with our prayer life. It's like if we don't get the answer we want right away when we want it, we're not asking anymore. We're not seeking anymore. We're not knocking anymore. We're saying, you know what? Well, I tried your way. It didn't work. Let me try my way. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. And when you do, it says you'll, you'll find the gift. You'll discover what you need to discover. The door of heaven will be opened in your life. Sometimes we just get tired or we get bored or we just don't like the waiting that, that sometimes happens. When we're talking to God. Because here's what's, what's, what's hard for us is that we see right in front of us. God sees the big picture of eternity. And we're thinking, Lord, I need it right now. He's like, no, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. And we argue with God. Like, why aren't you giving the results I want right now? He's like, because you're not seeing what I'm seeing a year from now. Just wait. Let me guide you to where I want you to go and what I want you to receive. The blessing is going to come for you. It may not be in the form you want it, but the blessing is coming because I care for my kids. God's a good dad. He's a good dad. He says, ask, seek, and knock. You know what else is interesting about prayer is that sometimes we can make it so complicated. But I really feel like the Lord is saying something, and, and Rick actually said it a, a week or so ago, is to, to go basic, to keep it simple. Keep it simple. Do y'all know, and, and some of y'all might think I'm being sacrilegious here, and that's okay. You can have the complaint card in the back. Um, God gets excited about what you get excited about. The non-spiritual things that you think you shouldn't talk to God about. If you're willing to talk to, it, to your best friend or about it to your neighbor or your spouse, your coworker, God wants to hear about it too. And it may seem so trivial. Like, why would God care about this new shirt I got at the mall? Because he wants, you to, he, he wants to be in your happiness. He wants to be in that joy with you, even in the small things in life. Because there's going to be times in life where you don't feel that joy. And that's when God can say, hey, let me give you what you don't have right now. Hear my voice. Know my voice. Jesus said my sheep will know my voice. You can't know the voice of God if you're not spending time with God, if you're not talking with God. I've told you this before. 
I lost my dad when I was 17. And I have to really, really, really concentrate hard to remember what his voice sounds like. Because he's not here anymore. And all these years later, I still have to think really, really hard, what did he sound like? I don't have any video of him. So it's hard for me to remember his laugh or his sound. Listen, the more we spend time with God, the more we, we recognize that this is, it may sound like my voice in my head, but this is God's voice speaking to me and directing me on how to restore this relationship and not be petty about this thing over here and to, to give love when that person's not lovable right now. That's not my voice. That's the voice of God. And my sheep know my voice, Jesus says. So when we spend time with God in prayer, we can know what God is saying to us and how he can direct our life and change our mindset and transform the way we see the world. But we can't give up. We can't ask once. Jesus has given you permission to be persistent. Seek, and you'll discover. If you give up, you won't find. It's simple, but we make it complicated. Let's keep it simple. Let's go to verse 8. For every persistent one will get what he asked for. For every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Key word here, folks, persistent. Keep going. Does it mean you're going to get every single little bitty material thing you're asking God for? Again, he's not a vending machine. But it says that you discover what you long for. And maybe what you longed for, you didn't know you longed for until you spent time with God in an intimate place. And he began to show you, hey, this is what I want for your life. Well, I didn't know I needed that, but you're right, God. There's this void of, of joy because I'm so anxious or I'm, I'm allowing uh, people to influence my thought life instead of you influ influencing my thought life. Lord, I need that from you. And you discover that. So then all of a sudden now your prayers change. What you're seeking after is different than what you thought you were going after. You thought that boat was going to make you feel good. Then you got on the boat and realized, I don't want to pay gas for this thing. I'm still, I'm still empty. God's saying, you weren't, you weren't looking for the right thing. Let me help you. Keep asking. Let me keep showing. And it's persistent, persistent, and you find what you're looking for. And what's so cool is he's not talking about special people here, special people here that get this privilege of knowing God's will for their life or, or having this connection in prayer. It's not special people. It's ordinary people going to God with ordinary concerns, and he's coming to us with compassion, with love, with grace, with guidance. There are times in life, I just did a funeral yesterday for uh, a cousin-in-law's dad passed away. Is it a cousin-in-law? It's a cousin. Anyway, uh, and I read the 23rd Psalm at his gravesite. And what's so cool is that the... The Passion Translation's version of it says that even when I walk through life's darkest uh, moments, I believe is how it says it, you're there with me. We know that because of our prayer life. You don't feel the presence of God in your life if you're not talking to God. No different if, if you're not talking to me, you're not going to feel the influence of my life in your life. Because we won't be communicating, we won't be around each other. If we want to see things turn around and atmospheres change in our homes, in our, in our hearts, in our, in our workplaces. It starts with prayer. We can't function as a church if we're not praying, if we're not talking to God. I know, I know a lot of us are consumed right now with politics and what's happening and is this the end of the world and are we going to have the mark of the beast tomorrow, you know, and is Facebook going to be the antichrist? I don't know any of those questions, uh, answers those questions. Here's what I do know 
is that the word of God says a promise to his people in Israel, I believe, is a promise that we can hang on to today. That if my people will humble themselves and pray, I will hear them and heal their land. Are we, are we quick to jump on the politics train? Or do we say, no, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pray to God and ask him what his heart is right now for this situation. What does he want the church, how does he want the church to respond? Because guess who the church is? It's not me. It's all of us. It's all of us. So how does God want us to respond to what's happening in our country right now? I can tell you right now it has nothing to do with, uh, with politics, with conspiracy theories, none of that. It has everything to do with love. You know why? Because love is God's highest agenda item for this world. Love is the highest agenda item that God has for this world, for this country, for your life, for your marriage, for your kids, for your neighbors. And if we get sidetracked with anything else, we, we miss the mark. We lose it. We lose opportunity. Prayer helps us stay connected to Jesus. It helps us understand how to live out that agenda item of love. Because we all know there are people that are hard to love, especially when they're disagreeing with what we believe in and what we're passionate about. How can they not see my side? How can they not agree with me? How can they call themselves a Christian if they believe this? I've heard all those in the last two months. Guess what? That's not kingdom language. You're talking like the world. You're talking like the enemy that wants to divide, that wants to chastise and condemn and judge people to tear them down so that they can feel better about themselves. Jesus is calling us to a life of prayer. And guess what? It ain't going to be complicated. It can be something simple like, Lord Jesus, help me right now. I need your help. Boom, that's it. You don't have to get down and make a big spectacle of it. Matter of fact, Jesus warns against doing that. The Pharisees did that kind of stuff. It was a show. It was pretend. No one cares if you pray for an hour before you eat your meal because guess what? When you open your eyes, everybody's gone. They've already eaten their meal and they left. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Just be you. Be real. God accepts you just the way you are with all your mess, and he is trying to change you and transform you into a beautiful creation that he designed you to be. And guess what? That creation looks like Jesus. We only understand the depth of that when we are connected to God in prayer. Otherwise, we miss the mark. I want to say this, too. We don't have to conceal things from God. I know that we can get embarrassed with some stupid things that we do in life. And we're like, we go to God and we try to make it sound real pretty, even if we're by ourselves, as if though God doesn't know what's going on. Don't conceal it. Just be honest. Hey, I got really mad at my spouse today and I wanted to hit him. Guess what? God was there. And he understands. He's going to change your perspective, but he understands. God, I did not want to look at that pornography today, but I did anyway. Help me. He's not embarrassed by it. He's right there with you. He wants to change you. He wants you to be con uh, conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. Not just for your benefit, for the people around you as well. Don't conceal things. Be exactly who you are with all of your mess because God already knows, and he wants to clean that mess up for you if you let him. If my people will humble themselves and pray, not pretend to be something they're not, not try to act all spiritually mature and sound very eloquent in their words, even though you don't even know what you're saying. He just wants you to be you. Just be you 
be simple, keep it basic, and talk like you would to your best friend. I am struggling today, Jesus. I need you. And guess what? As we seek, as we ask, as we knock on heaven's door, we will find what we're looking for. It may not be your will because Jesus did teach us how to pray. He said, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God may shift your brain a little bit on what you're thinking is the right thing at the moment. But we got to trust in that. So even though I, it's not what I would want to happen or see happen, Lord, I trust in you because you see what I can't see. And I put my full faith and hope and trust in you. And the last thing I want to say on that before we go to verse 9 is this, is that I want you to understand when it comes to prayer, God can only bless you where you are. He can only bless you where you are, um, not where you want to be, but where you are. So come to God with all your realness, all your mess. Don't try to conceal anything from God because he already knows it. He already sees it. Just be you. Let's go to verse 9. Do you know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asks for food, a plate of rocks instead. Some of y'all might know some parents like that. Jesus, help them. Verse 10 says, Or when asked for a piece of fish, what parent would offer his child a snake instead? A really bad one. Verse 11 says, If you, imperfect as you are, know how, lovingly to, uh, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask him? Sometimes the best gifts we can get from God... It's just peace. I don't have to understand what's going on, God. I just need some peace right now. God, I just need to feel warmth in my life right now because I feel real cold. Spiritually, emotionally, I need some warmth in my life. James 1.17 says that every good and perfect thing comes from our God above. Every good and perfect thing comes from God. And here's the deal. Um, I got a couple siblings in the house today, so I'll try to not anger some emotions deep in their hearts. But being the youngest kid, I was more like a grandkid, and I got things that they didn't get growing up. You're welcome. But I remember asking for things, and in my mind I thought, there's no way I can get this, but I'm going to ask for it anyway. And somehow... My parents would work or someone would help out and I would get what I asked for. God wants to spoil us, not necessarily with material things, but with fruits of his spirit. He wants to give us so much stuff that consumes our hearts in such a powerful and positive way that our lives are so magnetic. When we walk around, people are like, gosh, why are you, why are you who you are? How did this even happen? Look what you've gone through. You should be miserable right now. I, I Listen, I asked God for peace, and he gave it to me. I asked God for uh, a reminder of the hope that I have in him, and he gave it to me. So it blinded me to all the negative, and now I'm just seeing his kingdom wherever I look. I've got Jesus' goggles on. All I see is what he gives me. And he's not bashful. He's always saying, yeah, you want some more, I'll give it to you. You need some more love for that person in your life that's unlovable? Let me give you some more of it. Here. Here's some more. Keep asking. Keep seeking. What I love, I'm going to go back just real quick to, to verse 8. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. My prayer for you this morning is that you find open doors around every corner of your life. 
That every time you feel there's a roadblock, you're going to look over and see an open door. That as you seek after Jesus and you seek after his heart and his will for your life, you're going to find open doors. As a matter of fact, even with your finances, I'm declaring over you today that that you're going to have open windows. Because Malachi talks about as we give back to God, windows of heaven will be opened and poured over your life. God wants to take care of your physical needs and your emotional and spiritual needs. He wants you healthy and whole all the way around. He doesn't want you walking around like Quasimodo trying to figure out what's next in life when the next shoe is going to fall down and just destroy you. He wants you standing up tall. Because why? Because you've got the Savior of the world as your best friend. The Savior of the world who says, look, I know you're messy. I see the warts and the pimples. I love you anyway. I choose to be in your life. The thing we have to learn about prayer, and, we, and the more we pray, the, the closer we get to God, we realize that we're not, we're not asking God to be a part of our life. We come to realize that we're actually a part of his life. Everything we have, everything we experience is God's. He's the one that gives life. And he's saying, I'm giving you an open invitation to be a part of my life. All you have to do is accept that and walk in that, grow in that. And just talk to me. Don't be embarrassed when you mess up. Come talk to me. Let's walk through this stuff together. Let me show you the better way. How many of you right now could use a little bit more grace in your life? How many of you, the same, same people that said yes to that, would say, I need to give more grace to people in my life? Jesus said, if you ask, the gift is yours. The gift is yours. Guys, we've got to shift our focus from the material things that are going to fade and rot and rust and look to heavenly things and say, God, what do you, what do you want from me? What, am I, what, what do I have that's a deficit in my heart right now that I need to have more of so that I can be more effective as a follower of Jesus for people around me so that more people can come to know you before they leave this earth? Help me understand what I need more of. Our life is like a vapor. It's here one minute and it's gone the next. One of the things that I've always been told and I believe is that prayer can change situations. We can see, uh, see this played out in scripture a lot. But I think most importantly what prayer does is it changes people. Prayer changes us. It changes our minds, changes our hearts, changes everything about us the more we talk to God. Because he's going to say things to us that we may not want to hear, but he's a good father. And he wants what's best for you and for me. The other thing, too, I want to say before I, I close out here is that when a prayer seems like it's unanswered, when a prayer seems delayed, or perhaps you get the answer you don't want, I want you to know this, is that God is still on your side. God is still on your side, even when you don't get what you want and how you think it should look. God is still on your side. He's for you. He's for your family. He's for success at, at work. He's for success in your marriage and with your kids and And everything you do, God is for you. And he never leaves us. There's three transformative prayers I want you to to take with you today, when you leave here today. And it's a challenge because reality is, if we go off the scripture, when you ask, when you seek, when you knock, you're going to receive. When you're persistent in your prayer life, you're going to receive. So here's three transformative prayers that I want you to write down and at some point this week, take one at a time or just take one for the week and just see what happens. The first one is, God, I want you to uh, search me. I want you to search me. 
find anything that's not good and take it away. But God, search me. Search my heart. Search my mind. Search my house for things that need to leave my house so that the, the atmosphere of my home is pleasing to you. The next one is stretch me. Take me out of my comfort zone in such a way that, God, I can learn to grow in spiritual maturity and I can be a, an effective follower of Jesus. I can look like the church. Lord, stretch me. And the last one is lead me. Change me, transform me, and lead me where you want me to go. And then as God speaks to you, be ready to say yes. Be ready to go when he says go. Be ready to shut your mouth when he says you're talking too much. Close your mouth. Be ready when he says, hey, go, go illegally hug someone in a store because they need some, some love. Be ready because, guys, I'm telling you, when you talk to God, he talks back. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. And he cares about you. He cares about every detail of your life, your business, your relationships, your failures, your successes. He cares about all of it. And he wants to talk about all of it like a best friend would. Go find you a quiet place alone and just talk. Just talk it out. And then, and then listen. Search me, stretch me, lead me, God. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray as we close out this morning. Thank you all for being so attentive this morning. Father, as we come to you this morning, we say thank you for your word, God. Thank you for being with us, that your presence is in us and around us, God. And I pray that as we leave here, God, we're going to take on some challenge to uh, enhance our prayer life, to go a step further than what maybe we've gone, gone before. God, we ask you to search us, to, to stretch us, and to lead us, God, to help us be who you've called us to be in, in ways that, that uh, we've never even seen before, God. And Lord, I pray if there's someone that needs to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior this morning, God, that you will help them make that decision right now. There's no greater decision we could ever make than to say yes to Jesus, to be Lord, and to be Savior of our life. We love you so much, Father. And I thank you for that grace and that mercy that, that just pours over us so freely every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you leave, I have one announcement. Our ushers are at the back, and they have buckets back there. If you have your offering or tithes on your way out, if you'll place them in the orange buckets, they'll receive it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. God bless. Stay safe. We love you.